Episode 357, The Rant, John Dammer, certified football official, certified softball official, and flag football staple. It was nearly 10 years apart from when I first started refing with John in flag football until I saw him last summer. In this pod, we discuss his early life in the Bronx, him moving to Long Island and playing soccer, how he got into officiating, and his key to longevity in officiating as a multi-sport official. All that and more, my conversation with John, now. The Rant has been brought to you by Geo Studios, now open. They are located one block south of Westbury Train Station in the heart of Long Island, New York. Looking to bring your art or event to life? Trying to record a podcast? Enjoy six rooms of studio space to create audio and visual content. It also includes an 800-square-foot cyclorama wall studio, a state-of-the-art recording studio, three breakout rooms for four to six people each, which include a green room and lounges, a quality surround sound with six speakers and studio lighting, and most importantly, two on-site restrooms. You know I need my restrooms. Book your space today. For more information, find us at geoevents.com. The rant has been brought to you by The Methodical Millionaire. Malachi Wilson and Ralph Renolis combine forces to talk to people from all walks to discuss where they are in life and where do they want to go. Ever thought about being a millionaire? Sure you did. Do you know what it takes to become one? Join us for a -a one-of-a-kind ride to discuss how someone can achieve their financial goals, attain financial freedom, make money work for you in a methodical way. Join us each week as we drop an episode one podcast at a time. Find the Methodical Millionaire wherever you hear your favorite pods. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a super special guest live in Patchogue in his kitchen. Yeah, kitchen. Um, it's 11.55. We're taping this on January 10th. We're still in the beginning of 2022. And um, I think it was, was it, was it the new year yet? When we ref? No, it was before that. So I went my man, um, somebody that has really helped me out a lot uh, in terms of the game of flag football, somebody that's a staple in Section 11. In terms of football, has his own crew for Suffolk County Football Officials Association, as well as a softball official in Suffolk for Suffolk Board of Softball Officials Association, also known as the SBSOA. And of course, somebody that rests with me in Long Island Legends for flag football, Mr. John Damer. How are you, my friend? Very good. Thank you. How'd you like that intro? That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I turned it on. We just uh, did a recording for something, another project that I'm working on, and he was gracious enough to answer the questions that I had. But, you know, I just want to, you know, take this time to just acknowledge one of my really dear friends in flag football. I haven't seen him in a couple of years because he ended up transitioning to a different league from when I first started. And, you know, I want to set the scene. It was July 2013, and I was starting to get good with flag football. And lo and behold, I was refing the summer tournament in Bethpage, New York, uh, for flag football, and I met one John Dammer, and I remember I was still doing Ramadan at the time, and it's something that you will never forget. Um, do you remember those moments that we had almost yes. 10 years ago? Yes, what do I, you remember about those days? Yes, I do. Uh, doing a, on the turf, that was that was pretty cool, doing a tournament, five-man tournament, and when you mentioned a Ramadan, there was a lady at my job that was the, the cashier at the cafeteria, and she was from India, and she was um, Muslim, and I remember you telling me about your wife being Muslim and mm-hmm. and she was doing the same thing and she worked in the cafeteria. So she couldn't eat nothing. All yeah. she was doing was collecting money. Right. So that, that was I remember that specifically. And that didn't that didn't uh inspire you to start fasting, right? 
Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> and then uh, just recently, I'd say, what was it? September? I, you know, I, I moved over to Long Island Legends. and Oh, no, I think it was the summer, right? July? Yeah, well, maybe. Yeah, it was July. July. Yeah. And I remember it was my first. North, Northport, yeah. My first partner was John Dammer. How surprised were you to see me uh, flip over? Oh, cool. That was good because we didn't have too many people. After I joined in 15, 2020, 2015, um, they peaked mm. as far as uh, attendance uh, teams. And then it slowly was going back down, back down. So there was really not too many new hires. And. To see you, that was pretty cool that yeah. you came over and you had mentioned something about the kids. Yeah, yeah. So we're still working on that. Long Island Legends, uh, the youth league will hopefully start in the spring, uh, but we're still in the throes of the winter and we just announced that uh, January 23rd is when we're going to start the Long Island Legends Winter League. So hopefully uh, Sean can put us together and, and we can start that magic. But, you know, I just wanted to say I, I definitely truly appreciate, you know, those beginning moments when I first started officiating. It was only within a year. And I remember I gravitated towards you because you already knew what you were doing. And you gave me some some nice, you know, advice uh, just for longevity. And also we had that other connection because at the time I only did, uh, I was trying to get into softball. So, you know, once once I heard somebody that was just a multi-sport official, but, you know, I always wanted to speak to you about just your career in general because it sounds like it was such a long and winding road and it involves multi-sports. And, you know, I'm a multi-sport official as well. So very, so excited to uh welcome you into the show. So thank you for being on, man. Well, thank you for having me and lo looking out for me, knowing that uh, whatever I meant, and I said to you, I meant it, and that you, you took it uh, and ran with it. Yeah, yeah. I, I truly appreciate all the things that you have said, but, you know, we're still in this pandemic. I know we were supposed to record this last week, but somebody had Omicron, and, you know, at that time, with that new strain, I understand you're a little bit more at risk than me, and we're trying to stay safe as possible. So me, it, it came to no surprise because, you know, my wife had it and, you know, you were going through it with your family. How's your family holding up with this whole coronavirus thing? And now we have this new mutation of, you know, a different phase of now we're trying to kind of really, I guess, coexist with it because the cases are getting way worse. And, you know, we're just very frustrated at this point. So how are you holding up? How's your family? And, you know, when was the moment that you took the pandemic? If, if we go back to March 2020, when was the moment that you took all of this real serious? Uh, well, watching the news and the NBA canceled the rest of their season. March Madness canceled their season. I was like, oh, snap, this is pretty serious. Yeah. Right. And then we already went, had a meeting for softball, for Suffolk County softball. And then the next meeting we had to have it in the parking lot. They wouldn't let us in the school. And then the next night, no, all schools shut down. Mm. No, no, no games, nothing. Now at that time, did you think it was just going to be like a two week break and then you're going to get back to it? Or do you, did you, were you aware, were you self-aware that, wow, we might get shut down for the foreseeable future? I did not know how long this was going to last. And then baseball was canceled. And then they said they did the, we, we watch a lot of boxing. We love boxing. Me and my wife, and boxing was in a bubble. Mm. Hockey was in a bubble. Basketball was in a bubble. I said, there's a, there's a hope. There's hope. Let's see what happens in September. September came. They couldn't, Suffolk County, Nassau County, they couldn't figure out what to do. So we're sitting on the sidelines waiting, waiting, waiting. And then they came out with a three sports, three seasons starting in January of 21. And it worked out. Mm. In fact, I like doing the football in the spring, dead in the fall. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. But, you know, I want to go back to that time period because I know you're, a referee's ref, just like me. I'm so used to hustling and bustling during those times. And, you know, just kind of like 
forgetting what it's like to do an adult league at night, to do flag football on Sundays. All those beats didn't happen. And I felt like I was such a different person because mm-hmm. refing has been such a big part of my life. It's a big part of my identity for, you know, the better half of almost 10 years now. And the same to you, three times over 30 years, you've been refing inside out, you know, probably refing almost to the dailies. And, you know, it's really weird when the absence of it, it feels much different when it was taken away from you. What was your life like when, you know, there was no sports happening? Were you enjoying time with your grandkids? Were you enjoying time with your wife? Like, were you kind of missing refereeing or was it like far from your mind? No, I was missing it. And especially spring came, you know, that's, that's key softball season. Nothing, nothing. Flag football, nothing. And, and I had a lot of time, time I had a lot of play time with my grandson and um, we went to Colorado to visit the other grandkids that live out there in Colorado. So we had some time to do this. And then sure enough, the fall of 21, flag football happened. And it was the best feeling in the world to mm. get back out there. You felt you rusty, know? though? No. <laughs> I, I, I ran with it. Uh. You know, it, it, was, it was a good feeling. But it, 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 it definitely was terrible doing it for 30 years, back then 28 years, sitting at home, no sports. You know, trying to stay in shape, it's hard. Yeah, definitely. Um, when it came to um, that shortened season, now we're talking about from January 2021 on, when you did have your shortened season of softball and football, what was that experience like? Pretty cool because we're doing um, meetings here on, for football, then next week was meetings for softball, and then everything was on the on the Zoom because you couldn't have contact, in, in-person contact, so that was different. You know, and um, then football started. It was a short season. And towards the end of football season, softball began. So mm. I did one week, I did two football games and three softball games. And, and never had that happen before. Never would happen, right? High, high school football, you know, <laughs> it, it, was, it was awesome. So you like the condensed season. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but then once we went back to this year, regular season football, and it was a long season. Mm. September to November. It was very long, but it was enjoyable. Right. I remember we were catching up from when I last saw you from July and then I saw you in October. You were telling me, like, you had 30 games. That's a lot of football games, no? I think it was 32 games. <laughs> I've never done that many games. I do more football than softball. And mm. softball's every day of the week. Right. Monday through Saturday. Football's primarily Friday, Saturday. But they also, because of the seasons changing now, with staying out of the schools, they move junior high to Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So if you're available, they'll give you the games. Mm. You know, most games are 4, 4.30 start. Right. So just this whole time, from when it shut down to March 2020, all the way to the sabbatical that we had that was forced, where there was no sports for the foreseeable future. And then we rolled around in 2021, in the beginning of the year, when they said that they were going to have those three sports in successive order, where you had your taste and you had the uh, inexplicable, quirky, uh, having having softball games and football in the same week, which was probably awesome for you, to now having the normal beats of having your football season and now, you know, in the low, we're going to have our flag football season for the winter and then sp- springtime, um, softball's coming up. What do you think you learned about yourself during this whole time of the coronavirus existing in our lives? Uh, l- learned about myself, um, how I really miss my sports. That That's part of my life, you know, more than half my life now. You know, I'm sure you, when they did that three condensed sports, you, you did basketball at January, I guess? Yeah, it, you know what it was? I, I gained so much weight, so I was kind of reluctant because I was banking that they weren't going to have a season. But when they did, I was like, yeah, of course I'm going to do it. But then I had to think it over, and I was like, all right, I'm going to just go on a crash diet. I'm going to figure this out. Yeah, my, <laughs> my pants didn't fit. But, yeah, I was on the court. I was waddling on the court. 
But now, you know, I'm like more myself and, and now. It was condensed season two, right? Yeah, it was condensed. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, I was definitely rusty for the beginning. But then, you know, eventually I was like, oh, I'm into it again. You know, once you get a taste of the drug again, you can't <laughs> stop. But go ahead. What, what else did you learn? Um, just uh, replay everything in your head that you, what, what went wrong the year before. You know, can I get a crew back together? Am I going to be eligible for varsity? And I was and I put a good crew together and we ran with it. You know. How about for yourself? What do you think you learned overall um, during this whole time of pause and then the coronavirus? Do you feel like you have such a deeper appreciation for officiating? Yes, I do. You know, because, you know, it was taken away from me a year. And, you know, when you start getting up there now in the years, even though I hope I still got a few more years to go, you don't want to listen. A kid playing high school plays for three or four years. Yeah. If he's very good, you know, from ninth grade up. Officiating for 30 years. I'm watching. I've been doing this. For so long, it's just that, you know, I'm, I'm grateful every time I step on that field. And I, I really, truly missed it. Yeah, this is something that we're never going to forget at all for the rest of our lives. But, you know, talking about our lives, uh, as soon as I walked in, I could see that you were having some sort of sporting event that was going on. And, you know, our friendship and our relationship has been always predicated towards sports. So somewhere, somehow, you have had such a deep affinity for sports. So having said that, talk about where did you grow up? What did you play growing up? What did you play in middle school, high school, and in college? Uh, I grew up in the Bronx. Uh, we played, you know, just saying a lot of teams playing together and this and that. And then I moved to Queens. I played a couple of years as uh, organized uh, baseball. But then that was it. And then once I came to Long Island, I grew up in Brentwood. Um, it was hard to get on the football team, basketball team. Those those teams were set. Those, those were uh, League Ones. Those were top top schools. Mm. Um, but my math teacher was the, um, was the soccer coach. And most of my friends were Spanish. And they all played soccer. I said, come on, John, play soccer. And I... Ended up playing varsity soccer. Awesome. And how was that experience for you? Oh, it was great. You know, the camaraderie of the team and everything. And then I was the goalie. It was the third string goalie. The, the Louis Aquina was, I think his, that was his last name. He was the all-county goalie. And then the, the guy in 11th grade was the backup. He was being groomed to be take over for the next year. So he, my, my coach, Mr. K, he had no um, cuts. He says, you show up for practice, you're on the team. I showed up for practice, and they got me in a couple of games. And mm. It was an awesome feeling. I want to go back to, you know, just going from Brentwood because that's a very, very, very huge difference between living in Queens and growing up in the Bronx. What was it like as soon as you came to Long Island at that time? Oh, I thought I was back home in the Bronx. All my friends, you know, it, it, Brentwood was uh, heavy Spanish back then. It still is. But it was mostly Puerto Rican and Dominican. And my family's part of my family's uh, Puerto Rican, Dominican, and uh, fit right in. Did you miss uh, living in the city or were you really comfortable living in Long Island? At first, it was tough. You know, city taking trains and buses, you know, and, and the way it was, you know, in Long Island, you needed a car. Right. And we came out from Long Island with no car, mm. you know, and it was hard, you know, and I had to depend on my friends to come take my parents shopping and stuff. Um, and eventually, you know, we became Long Islanders. Right. Now, when you were playing soccer and just your experience with watching sports all that time, at that time when you were in high school, what was your perception of officials growing up? I didn't even notice them. You know, just until they made a call. I know one time uh, Mr. K said, hey, I know that guy to, to the referee. He goes, I went to school with him. Mm. I said, oh, we got him in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a rainy day, so I don't know how much of we got him in the bag or not. You know? So I've been waiting. I can't even believe I remember this stuff. You know? <laughs> I, of course you remember this stuff because, you know, it's such a, believe it or not, it's like subconsciously embedded in your brain. And it's probably made you kind of like, it's, it's driven you to officiate. And, you know, I've been waiting to ask you this question for the longest time because, you know, when somebody says 30 years, it's like, okay, well, 
I'm in 10 years and one day in 20 years, I'm going to say the same things that you did, but you were probably such a different person. You were probably in such a different place in your life. And I'm interested to just see, you know, what inspired you to officiate. So just talk about like, what was the first sport? What was the first iteration of you like figuring out that you did want to officiate? Uh, well, I worked at Grumman and we had intramural teams after work, you know, softball, volleyball, horseshoes, you name it, they had it. And, um, we didn't have referees, umpires to play softball. So they said, all the man, I was the manager of my team, and we were so so. It was like six teams. So he said, all managers have to umpire. So that's how I started. Mm-hmm. So one of the guys on the other team, George DiMatteo, he was a, a, a wrestling official, a, a softball official, and a football official. And he was a very good football official, and he was a very good wrestling official. He goes, John, they got the class for softball. Why don't you take it? I said, okay, because he saw me umpire. In the intramural. Well, before you go on with the intramural thing, now, when they told you that you had to officiate, was that something that you were enthusiastic about, or you just kind of made it like, all right, well, I got to do what I got to do? No, because I figured I knew the rules. Oh, you know, okay. So, so you were into it. You was- yeah, I said, I'll part. And they said, we just wanted to make sure that because I'm the manager that I need this team to lose <laughs> <laughs> versus the other team, you know. You have to cut that all out, and that's what you learn very early. You got to be straight down the middle. Now you middle. weren't scared when you were doing this because no, because no, they knew everybody knew each other from okay. work. But you know they're yelling at you. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, yeah, stop that. Interesting. Okay, so talk about that experience doing softball because there's one thing to just kind of fill in as the manager of your you know work team, but then there's another thing of like really getting to know the rules of you know high school softball because you know I'm very similar to that because I started in ASA and. You know, my first experience of officiating sports in general was adult flag football and then adult softball. So once I started doing school games, I'm like, wow, no, not everyone's yelling at me anymore. Correct. Just the coach. Correct. So it, yeah. it was completely different. And, you know, conversely, I think that if if some people kind of get groomed in the school system and then they branch off to adult league, it's probably a lot harder because they're not used to that type of, uh, you know, fire from players, it's its its a completely different thing. So that's correct. Talk- yes. That's, that's something that, you know, you normally don't do. You right. like what you, your journey. I did reverse. You did the reverse journey. Yeah. You start off by getting certified by the state and doing the, uh, doing the kids and doing the junior high. And next thing you know, you're doing adults and like, whoa, <laughs> this is, th- I've done a couple of men's softball leagues. It's not that easy, you know, because no. you know, they, they, it's slow pace. They yell and cry. Alcohol's and, involved. And, and, well, you're probably supposed <laughs> to keep that out of out of out of it. But you know they're, they're behind. You right. don't see because you're watching the game. You know and you're doing the game. But you know, high school softball. You know, you know you got to be into it. You know, right. and it and like you said, nobody talks but the coach. You know, you hear the fans, but you block that out. Right. You know? Do you remember that experience taking that softball class and how different it was from what you thought it would be compared to like what your experience was when you were doing those games? Yeah, because. Um, you had to take the test at the end of the week or whatever. A couple, I can't remember. It was a couple of weeks of, of the classes. And you wanted to pass that test because, you know, they, they guarantee that you'll pass because if you fail, they have to give you their money back. And they want to make sure you, they, they trained you, pro, you know, book-wise that you're going to pass. Mm. Okay, so now that you passed, right, you took the written test and then you took, I guess, the field test or whatever that is. Do you remember your first experience refing a softball game, umpiring a softball game? Yeah, it was up in um, Harbor Fields and... Um, just a normal game, nothing to stand out. And then I think the next week I was in Islip doing the junior high game and I was by myself mm. and I was nervous. And sure enough, the coach from Islip was, took the class with us for softball. So I thought she was an umpire and she said, no, she ended up being the coach. 
And of course, she's busting chops. Mm. And I'm by myself. So, you know, I had to put her in a place. Now, was it something that you felt like heart palpitations? Did you feel really nervous? Or do you feel like you were always, um, I guess, rose to the occasion when it came to that? I'd say a rose to the occasion because, you know, you know, for you just worry. Same thing like with flag football. You show up to the guy, hey, good morning, guys. And they look at you like, oh, good morning, ref. You know, you know, break the ice. You know, let them know, you know, you're there to do a job. You're not there to be nervous. They don't know if you're nervous. Yeah. And the girls saw, well, the girls will know, but the coaches will know. Mm. You know? So I guess uh, I, 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 t- I take it to, you know, stay calm and then let the game unfold and let the game dictate to you. Yeah, I, I can confirm that. I've never seen John Dam- Dammer ever be afraid uh, when it comes to making the calls or when I, I officiate. I, I never really have a, a problem with you. But, you know, I, I think when you do softball, it's interesting because softball was one of my first sports. And flag football was one of my first sports. And I think the beauty of those things is that the dead period between, you know, one strike and then the catcher takes the ball and has to throw it back to the pitcher. And then they all have to like gather. And then the same thing with football. They do a play call. They line up, might be incomplete. And then there's this whole time, this whole dead period of like being able to analyze it. So I'm just talking from an official's yeah, perspective. Dead, dead ball officiating. Well, no, not even that. I'm just thinking of it like, let's say... I'm doing slow pitch, adult league softball, when I first started. If I call a strike and no one agrees with it, and I can really replay it in my mind, and I got like a minute to think about it, I'm like, okay, I see where I did wrong, right? And then same thing with flag football. You go incomplete, and you can kind of like remember what happened, and then you can kind of replicate that, and then you, you try to refine yourself, right? Like, okay, I didn't like the way I said incomplete. Maybe I need to say it louder. You have time to think. See, in basketball, you don't have time for this. <laughs> basketball is like, boom, here's the call. 34, red, taking it out there. Five-second count, start the clock, 10 sec. So it's like, it's too much. And then by the time there is a dead ball, there's already 13 different sequences that happen. So I think I was fortunate enough for that. But what I was trying to get at is in flag football, I noticed that I felt like I was getting better after four months. You know, so by the time I met you, I felt like really confident you know, I would always find a, maybe like I, I, I take a step back, maybe if I met somebody like a, like a, uh, another veteran, like John Dammer, you know, and I'm like, okay, he's been doing it for a long time. So maybe I can learn something. From. What I'm trying to get at is when was the moment in time when you were like, I should start taking this serious. You know, like, I, I feel like I got a good talent in this. I feel like I can go far in this. I, you start realizing that you could do playoffs, you could do section championships, maybe even get to college. When was the moment that you started taking all this really serious? My first varsity game as a white hat, I was, we were up in Smithtown West, and it was only a four-man crew back then, and they were playing Deer Park. It was a clean game. I c- couldn't tell you what the score was now or nothing, but there was nothing f- fancy about it. And it came off the field. We go into the locker room and I go, I could do this, because I was nervous as heck being a white hat. You right. know, now all the pressure's on me. You know, I got to make sure I get my guys. And that, like I said, back then was a four-man crew, so there was one less official to cover the field. And I said, I could do this. Mm. And I've been a whitehead ever since. Interesting. Well, I want to go backtrack. So for those that don't know, if you do follow softball, we're talking about football now. The whitehead is basically the person that's in charge for the respective crews. But, you know, going back to football, how did you land from softball to football? Because that's a violent change going from, you know, girls softball to now we're doing high school boys football. Yeah. Well, again, it was George DiMatteo that he got me turned on to the softball class and became a softball and then that was in the spring or February, you know, take the class. And then um, we worked at Grumman. So he came up to me. He goes, John, they got the football class in September. The first week of September. Why don't you take that class too? And he said, okay. Okay. And we had to go every night. 
for I think a week and a half, and they went over the rules and everything and everything and took the class, test and was nervous as heck because mm. I said I don't think I know anything. <laughs> <laughs> and I passed. They never tell you what you pa- what what your score was, but they right. just tell you you pass or fail. And we passed, and we had twenty two kids in the class. And here, after thirty years now, I'm the only one left. Wow, in my 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 class. That's a blessing, man. Um, I wanted to go back to like those beginning moments of football because I'm assuming that softball doesn't necessarily translate to being successful in football, but I do know that your experience officiating probably made you look like you knew what you were doing when you probably didn't know a lot. But talk about those first experiences, those formative times of when you started officiating football. Yes, because once you you do one sport, it carries over to the next sport. It means even though softball is completely different from football, same thing with basketball. Your your, your presence and your rules knowledge is could be so so, but your mechanics, right? You, you know where to be positioning. You know what to look at. You're not watching the ball. You're watching the players, and that's how you transition to that, so that you know what you're doing out there, and you're able to transition to the next sport. And I've seen that with a couple of ladies that do girls volleyball, and now they're doing girls softball. They have presence. Then another person comes on that never officiated before. They're deer in the headlights. And that's when you got to, you know, keep them positive, keep them working because, you know, they could turn around and quit like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's what happened to me. I think when you met me, um, that's when I started taking it serious. You know what I mean? I wasn't really taking it serious in the beginning. So I'm happy that you didn't meet me at that moment. And I wish I was there in Grumman and go, hey, John, the, uh, the basketball class is happening in October. There was never a moment where somebody tried to convince you to do basketball because I feel like you'd be great. No, um, we took the girls' class, the basketball class with, I um, uh, can't think of his name right now. He, he ended up having a stroke. He's still around. He's, he's a nice guy and everything. But uh, they're talking about the ri- measuring the rim, <laughs> the height, the backboard. I was like, well, that's just too much right now. You know, They gave you the rule book. It was like the softball rule book. Mm. It's, you know, the football rule book's a little different. But the softball rule book and the basketball rule book, I was like, girls, basketball? Is that, uh, and, uh, no. And that was, was years ago. Interesting. Um, how did you get into flag football? Um, I just was at Grumman for 12 years. I just got laid off in January. And in fact, 30 years uh, this month, I'll, I'll be out of Grumman. Grumman was the best place to work. It was a family atmosphere and we busted butt. We worked a lot of overtime. It was great. So what happened was um, February, back then, your ads in the pa- it's a newspaper, you know, want ads. And they're in the sports section, wanted flag football referees. So I call up Dan Alvino. And he goes, who are you? I go, I'm John Dammer, I'm Suffolk County Football. He goes, I don't know you. I go, we're in the same um, association. association. Mm-hmm. And he goes, all right, come to the class. So I went to the class and they explained, you know, bring your own drinks, bring your own food. You don't go easy. We had a team that won the game big and the referee went over and got a, a, a bottle of water from them and the other team ratted them out. So he said, stay away from the teams. And then they explained flat football. These are men, grown men. And... The first game, they sent me down to West Westbury. We did uh, three games of nine man back then, and it, it took off from there. Mm. That's awesome. So you've seen the growth of flag football, and you've also seen the changes of it going from nine man, then eight man, and then five the, man. The five man. So yeah. I, I always wanted to ask somebody that does football at a very high level, especially at the high school level, how different is it from flag football? If you had to describe it to somebody, how you do you treat it like two different sports? Is it a different language of the same game? How would you describe football versus flag football? Well, I always tell people flag football is to football is slow pitch softball is to fast pitch softball. Girls fast pitch is bunting, stealing. You know, that girl whips that ball in there with men's softball, even girls softball. Slow pitch, no bunting, no stealing. 
You know, here comes the slow pitch, boom, hit it over the fence. Flag football, high school football, full contact, helmets, pads. All that's a flag football is limited blocking, no pads, smaller field. So I always try to explain it like that. Football is to flag football as softball is to girls softball. That's a Fancy. that's a good analogy to, to put it. But um, in terms of football versus flag football, do you think you have a, a deeper passion for one or the other? Oh, I love high school football. You know, mm. the Star Spangled Banner before the game, you know, the kids are respectful. You know, they know they're, what they're doing, and it's, it's just the coaches. You mm. know, it's a, and mo most of these coaches are nice. You know, they're, they're passionate. They want to win. You know, they don't. They see us as the bad guy. Get out of their way and try to stay out of their way. But they they bend the rules. We're there for that. That's all. We don't care who wins. We just want to officiate the game, and make sure everybody goes home safely. The duration between when you were starting football and then you received that title, White Hat. How long was that uh, that time period? 14 years. Wow, it was well, 14 years. My first year, uh, you start off as junior high. You do two years. Back then, we were short a couple of officials, so they moved me up to JV the second, my second year. I did uh, a whole load of JV games. I did two, three varsity games as a fill-in on my second year. Then the third year, I got picked, uh, I got drafted, and I was on a crew. And I was with that guy for uh, 12 years, I believe, and then... He retired, and then I was eligible to be in the program to become a white hat, and I did everything. And the following year, I, I rated high, and I became a white hat. So about 14 years. So for those that don't understand, for people that don't officiate football, describe what does it take to be a white hat in football? You got a rules knowledge. You got to have a, a good umpire to help you out there because it, it, all hell breaks loose sometimes, and you got to stay under control. Um. I want to give you the opportunity to just shout out any mentors that you've had that helped you along the way. I consider you a mentor of mine when it came to flag football. Even if you didn't know it, you are a mentor to me. But I, I'm certain that there's been so many people that have helped you along your whole journey, your officiating journey. Um, just talk about who they are, what they've done for your career, and how has it helped to shape you, the way you help people after you? Yeah, uh, Tony Melito stands out. Um, when I was in the program for two years, he, I, he worked with me and he he mentored me. And he told me when I was ready. And then John Kay was another one. Um, after my second year, I did a game with him, a JV game. He goes, you're ready. You're going to get a crew next year. And mm. he was the secretary. So he, he he knew if I was ready or not. He would let me know. My first year in the program, I wasn't ready. My second year, I was ready. And when I look back at it now, I wasn't ready. <laughs> because the knowledge I know now, you got to know those rules. You got to have good wing wing guys. You got to have, you, you guys got to have each other's back out on that field. Mm. And so those are two guys. Ed Stadronsky helped us when we went to five men. He was my umpire, and he knew all the ins and outs of how to get to the playoffs and what we need to do and what not to do. And those those three guys stand out. How about any mentors that you have in softball and in flag football? You have any of those? Softball, no. It's you know, it's it's the the varsity. You know, your varsity guys. You're with the varsity guys. The JV guys. You know, some of the guys are good guys I, I work with, and I you know we when we get games together, we like to stay together. You know. Okay, what about in flag football? Anything? Well, Dan Alvino, when we start first started, and um, uh, Joe Del Curie, uh, Jim Durney, we were together for a long time. We did a lot of games. My nephew, uh, Chris Callen, he he uh, he became a flag football referee, and he's a city fireman, so it's hard to get off. I've been after him for years to become a high school referee, and he just doesn't have time. Now his kids are playing lacrosse, yeah. football, so he's now coaching, so he's gone. Mm. There's no way I could get him. By the time he, he they, they get older and he wants the ref, I'll be done. Right, right. Um, so I, I also wanted to ask you, um, 
Would you ever officiate any other sports right now? No, I think I'm at, I'm satisfied where I'm at. I, years ago, I had the opportunity to do college or ECAC, and they want you to do a lot of stuff behind the scenes before you would, you would get accepted. And I wouldn't do that now. I, I couldn't do it now. I, I'm, I'm, I know where I'm at in life with my high school officiating, and that's where I want to be. I wanted you also to give the opportunity to shout out your whole varsity crew. Just talk about the people that you uh, do games with. Yes, um, I picked. Uh, I had a draft. Uh, John Vale was with me for twenty years, and me and him were both sent down to JV the, the past year, and we both became eligible. So he, I drafted him back. He was on on the chains. I grabbed Jerry Butts. Um, I grabbed Roy Jimenez Jr., who's an excellent back judge. It's my boy. Oh, you know Roy? Yeah. He does basketball. Yeah, yeah, he does basketball. He's he's pretty good. And we drafted this guy, Louis Soto. He came from um, PSAL in the city, but he lives out on Long Island, and he transferred to Suffolk County. So I drafted him, and he hurt his back, and he had to get back surgery. So he was gone for the whole year. So I drafted this new guy, Roy, Jonathan Cruz. They told me it was this big, heavy guy. It was another guy named Cruz. This guy was a skinny guy. <laughs> you so, were like, oh, you yeah. lost a lot of weight. And then it wasn't him. And it wasn't him. And, and so Jonathan Cruz. And then turns out he's a single dad, so he could only um, work every other weekend. So mm. I said, as long as we get six games in as a crew, we'll be okay. And it worked out. We got the six games. And he was deer in the headlights. And I mentored him along the way, which I should have thought about him earlier. Um, and John Cruz, he grew to be... He, he's going to be the number one pick this year in the draft because he's now got to go back into the draft because if Lewis comes back, obviously Lewis is still on my crew. Mm, interesting. So, so you, you got him all fully prepared to uh, tackle anything. He, he loves it. Uh, he, 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 he thanked me so much for um, giving him an opportunity, and I, I felt so proud of him watching him grow. And he was a good official, He and he hustled. We got a couple of games on film. And he was bouncing, and you know, I, you know, I got my own zones to watch, and I'm watching the game, and he's flying all over the place. You know, it's control it, fly. <laughs> okay, um, it's it's so crazy to me that you only ref sports that are outdoors. You're a glutton for punishment. I think about that time when we were refing, and I'm like, I've refed you in like 90 degree heat, and I've also refed you with with freezing wind. Um, why do you think you gravitate towards these outdoor sports? Because that's where they're played. <laughs> <laughs> I I done. Uh, deck hockey, they have sticks in their hands. <laughs> I said, nah, nah I've done that. I'm not, I'm not doing, I did that one season. So you never thought like, oh, I need to do an indoor sport because it's warm well, there? And well, I was thinking about volleyball because um, I know Tony Melito's big with the volleyball and a couple other people that I, that I can't think of right now, they do volleyball. But uh, basketball, years ago, I watched, I was thinking, very, very seriously thinking about doing the girls because um, I do girls softball, you know, and, and I just didn't um, follow up on it. Mm. Well, maybe one day. Um, I'm still going to try to convince you to do it. Um, after everything you said, what do you think of the attributes? What do you think it took to get to where you are at this moment in time as a multi-sport official? Uh, being a good person, knowing the rules, and have personality. You know, and that's what my guys tell me all the time. Said, John, you talk to the coaches; they listen. You know, I, coach is screaming, yelling. Say, coach, we we got to hold sixty-six. Grab them around the neck. Okay, and I'm talking to the coach, and he's looking at me like I got three heads because. I'm talking to him like a, a person, not mm-hmm. barking at him, and they respect that. You know, they're too busy yelling at the kids because the kids are messing up left and right. And I go, Coach, this is what we got. Yeah, and 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 he, and he appreciate that, you know, and and that carries over. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, I mean, I, I talk about this firsthand. 
I've seen you in such heated moments. You're just like, listen, this is what the call is, and that's what it is. Well, well, well also my age, I don't need to have no heart attack out on the field. <laughs> the, the old days, you're barking back and forth. Now it's, guys, because of health conditions, he's sitting for a half. He's got 15 yards. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, what do you think it's going to take to get to where you want to go? And ultimately, where do you want to go as an official? Well, we came in sixth place, so it's to crack that top four is very hard, and we just missed it by 0.30 percentage points to get to to Stony Brook. Or well, I don't, you know, the ultimate goal is first, first and second place, because then you do Hofstra or Stony Brook. But uh, just to make that top four, and then I could say, you know, I've done it. But I'm very proud of where I am today. We came in seventh place one year, another year we came in eighth place, which is all um, playoff games. But this year, sixth place, and, and and I really had a good crew, and that was the first year crew. Mm. That that was that was what meant a lot to me. That it, that you it, got there with them. Yes, that uh, I'm very proud of them and of myself. So, you think, and I, I mean, I could disagree all I want, but you think that you're in the twilight of your career, and that you're towards more the end than the beginning of your career. What, what do you think is going to be the telltale sign that you feel like you're going to just give it up? Is it going to be something that you get? You know, you're forced out, or do you think that you want to leave on your own accord? Like, when do you know that it's time to hang it up? Well, I said that at the beginning of this past season. I said, if I can't run up and down the field, then it's time. And I was able to run up and down the field. Didn't, can't, couldn't do it on Mondays, even though I had a couple <laughs> of games on Mondays. I had to get back up on that horse as if, if the body feels out because I still feel I'm sharp. You know, if, you know that I could. You know, I know the rules. I got I trust my guys. They trust me. But if I physically can't do it, that's that's the telltale sign. Mm. So you do all of these sports, and I just wanted to see, when it comes to like sticky situations, we always encounter some craziness going on when we're officials. If you can, think about what do you think is the most stickiest situation that you've ever had in softball, the most stickiest situation that you've ever had in flag football, and what is the most stickiest situation that you've ever had in a football game? Well, softball, we, uh, was a runner on first and second, no, it was a runner on second, one out. Ground a hit to the shortstop, but she was in the hole by third base. So the third baseman stood in front of the runner, blocking the base. So the shortstop ran over and tagged her. So the coach came out screaming, ah, but interference, or obstruction, or whatever. One, he always got mixed up. <laughs> obstruction is offense, right? Yeah, interference. Interference is defense. defense. So it was interference, and... The umpire came out, the home plate umpire came out. He goes, what do you got? I said, well, she's blocking the plate. So then call her out. So I said, call her out, out. And the coach just went, blah, 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 Because <laughs> he knew she, she was she was wrong. So that was a sticky situation. High school was, um, we had a play that the quarterback was taking a knee. And he, it was West Babylon. And he went back and just stood there. And we all just stood there. So they, I finally blew the whistle after 10 seconds. And he throws the ball in the air, and sure enough, they intercept it. And now they're running it back for a touchdown, but they they caught him. But all hell broke loose after that, and it was a, they wanted an inverted whistle and everything. We ended ended the game, and it wasn't it wasn't pretty. Mm. Playing football, you got some teams back then in LIFFL. We, the the winners would go to Giant Stadium for the Super Bowl, and it was a big deal, you know, because we were going to Giant Stadium too. Right, and I did games at Giant Stadium, which was the highlight one of the highlights of my career doing flag football, you know, 80,000 empty seats, but still you're on the turf at Giant Stadium and do a game right before the, the winners go to Giant Stadiums the following week and they're not going to have no referee standing their way and take away their dream. So it got pretty tough. It got loud and it got ugly. 
but you know, nothing physical, but it, it could have been. Mm, yeah. Every, and we even witnessed it for us as well when we had that cash tournament that was going on. Every time there's money involved or like a high stakes game where there's a championship involved or like a neutral venue that's very important, it's always like that. And I feel like, let's just chill out. Yeah, <laughs> let's just chill. But it, it's really difficult when it's always there's money on the line, right? So, I mean, I, I ref to like a basketball tournament for money. Oh, it's the worst. It is really the worst because everyone's emotions are so heightened. Mm -hmm. And I'm still trying to be the same, but it's it's very difficult to be in that situation. But conversely speaking, what do you think is your best moment as a softball official, as a flag football official, and of course as a football official? We were, we were doing a JV game at Sachem East. This is softball? Yes. Okay. And the lady coach was really nice for Sachem East. I, I knew her from the year before. And uh, the Longwood coaches were the high school JV football coaches. So I knew them from football and it was me and another lady official and say to me, if you ever been there, the, where the field is, the, the background is a hill. So it's almost like an enclosed stadium, but it's all grass and dirt and trees and stuff, but it's pretty cool the way the background is. And the game was a two to one game and the pitchers were just throwing strike after strike. It was a pleasure to do that game. And what was the other one you wanted? For flag football, what is your best moment? Uh, giant stadium. First time out on that field, and we're doing the games, and it was a play. They were going down to the goal line, and they pulled the flag right on the goal line before he got in, and Ooh. I had to make that call. I was a line judge. I had to make that call, and they didn't get in, and they lost the game. Yeah. But because we were a giant stadium, they were all like, everybody was like in a fog, so they couldn't yell and scream like they would normally do. Right. But he didn't get in. The flag was pulled before he got, and I had to make that call because I was on the line. The other judge and the other referee, they couldn't make that call, and I believe I got it right. Mm. And your best moment thus far in football? Uh, there's a there's a few games that were pretty good. Let's but, hear it. I'm um, trying to remember now. Um, this year we did that semifinal game, um, Ward Mellow at Whitman, and they came out back and forth, back and forth. Um, Ward Mellow was taking it to Whitman, and then. Halftime came, and then all of a sudden the storm moved in. Hail. We had to delay the game because it was a playoff game. We had to wait an hour and a half. Wow. We come out for the second half now. It's now dark. They have lights. Like just a different situation. Yeah. And um, You hear the house phone, y'all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the house phone. And um, they came out in the second half running the ball because it was so cold, and um, they just ran out of time with Melville, and they ended up losing, I think, 32-28 or 35-28. Wow. If they, they had gotten the ball back, they, they probably would have scored. But uh, Walt women ran out, ran out the clock, and it was a great feeling. And then the next week, we did the, the chains at Stony Brook with Walt women against William Floyd. And that was pretty cool. That must have been awesome, man. But, um, you know, officiating has been such a big, integral part of your life. You know, I've ref with you flag football, and I'm pretty sure you have the same type of passion with other like-minded officials in softball and, of course, in football. What does officiating mean to you? What is it given to you in your life? It's given me a lot of pleasure. Keep me close to the sport I love. I mean, I grew up in the Bronx with the Giants and Yankees, Yankees at Yankee Stadium, and they were horrible teams back then. When I wasn't there, born when they had those glory years of you know winning NFL championships, or World Series. I grew up; they were in last place. You know. Giants were losing to Dallas Cowboys every year. So just love football. Mm. And couldn't get on the football team in high school. Like I said, I ended up getting on the, um, the the soccer team. And then years later, playing playing softball, always played softball, you know, men's slow pitch. And then to end up umpiring and refereeing kept me close to the game. 
And that's why I'm still doing it. And now, you know, I'm at the point now, these, these are grandkids coming up that I, I had their grandfather, their, their grandfather was a player in high school. And now, now their grandsons are playing. Wow, that's got to be crazy <laughs> it is. to have that connection, man. But do you think that overall you probably like officiating, it supersedes anything that you've ever done athletically for you in terms of playing a sport? Officiating means so much more to you? Yes. It, 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 athletically, yes. You know, in life, no. Life, you know, your family first, you know. But uh, sport-wise, officiating, is, it kept me close to the game. And then I watch the game, I'm watching the officials. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's awesome, man. But we're going to wrap this up, man. This has been such an honor to sit down with you and just go through from soup to nuts your whole officiating career. I'm going to leave some more meat on the boat so we could have a part two maybe after the summer, see where we are. Uh, maybe you will be uh, you know, celebrating after a flag football game. But I thank you for your time. Any final words you want to say before we part ways? I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to come visit me and want to know what how I tick. And no one's ever done that before. And I'm glad to do something like this. I've never done nothing like this before. And I hope uh, I came across with the answers that uh, told, told about me. Yeah, I appreciate you, John. For John Dammer, this is Ralph the Ref. This is The Rant. We are signing out. Peace.